Hello and welcome to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcasts. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by Vader. How's it going, Vader? My fingers are cold, but otherwise I am A-OK. How about you? Uh, well, about the same. I guess it's kind of chilly in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your wearing a, a, a hoodie, so it helps a little bit. Yeah, I've got, as I said to you before, I am wearing two coats. i got one dress coat and then an overcoat as well. Yeah, I haven't got changed for my work clothes today. It's all my business attire. Hey, whatever keeps you warm. Yep. But, uh, yeah. What film are we discussing today, Dave? Well, um, like you, uh, I took a look at Once Upon a Time in China, the 1991 version. Good. I am glad we are on the same page. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a disaster. There are a lot of films entitled Wong Fei Hung, as I discovered looking at the filmography. Because, yes, this, that's the real title, in, well, the original title, isn't it? Wei Feng Hong in China. But yes. it was named, it's just yes, titled once, after the uh, main character. Yeah, and in the West, it's known as Once Upon a Time in China. Yep. Mm hmm part of a no, I, long series of films actually is it five four or five um there's five there's five of them and then a tv series that's by the same director cool heck i not sure if i've seen this one until recently i thought i had but it didn't seem familiar at all uh, so I'm thinking I may have seen part two of this. <laughs> it may have been part oh, well. two. I I, oh, well, I know man. I got confused with part two, which I will now have to watch because I was <laughs> waiting for Donnie Yen. I was like, oh, no, he's in part two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm try, trying to remember. But I'm excited for this one because it was a straight-up kung fu flick. And it feels like we've been missing those in some of our recent movies. They've been good. There's been kung fu. But this was straight-up kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. Yeah, this was I liked it for that reason. Uh, felt like a 1991 film, <laughs> I guess. Yep. Yep. And I guess it's a testament to Jet Li's badassness. Because that guy's got some skills. And yeah. It's I totally, very, I totally it's very forgot cool to get like, flying around. Yeah, he just does flips and tricks and, yeah, la bamboo ladder tricks. It's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Who's this directed by? So this is uh, directed by Seahark. Um, I think we we had to have covered him in something else. I don't I'm not sure which one, but um, <laughs> I know we talked about some of his other films. Um, he's, well, he didn't start specifically, but to our, pertaining to our interests, he uh, filmed Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain in uh, 1983. Um, mm -hmm. Then Twin Dragons in 92. Uh, after that, there was a quick succession of films of uh, Once Upon a Time in China, one um Two and three uh, in 90, 91 through 92, respectively. And then he didn't direct part four, but he came back to direct part five in 1994. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, are we going yeah. to try and cover all four or five of those movies? 
not in one go, I don't think. Maybe we'll take a little break. <laughs> Maybe just part two, uh, because I do remember that one, at least chunks of it. So um, that might be more interesting to revisit that, because it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Fair enough. Uh, oh, and then he did uh, Double Team in 1997. Um, with That was with Van Damme, I believe. Um, and then Knock Off oh. in 98. So he did a, you know, a, few, a, a couple um, American films. Okay. Double Team. Oh, yeah, I've seen Double Team. Yeah. I think. It's a... That's a... Um... I don't know. It's not a classic per se, but it's a, yeah. Dennis Rodman, the, the basketball player. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, funny. Good old, good old, the old good old nineties. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Zoo Warriors is that a follow on from the Warriors from the Magic Mountain? So he, yeah, it's a remake. Um, he ah, okay. Wanted to, I think have better special effects. So, you know, with the new budget and him being fairly successful and um, prolific uh, in the 90s, he came back in 2001 with Zoo Warriors. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of the special effects were actually CG, so it aged aged poorly versus, like, the original, which is more wire work. No CG. So it actually, yeah, it's, I don't know, a shame. it's easier to watch the first one, but the second one is like a little bit better. Um, I, uh, as far as I remember, like storyboard wise. Okay. Yeah. It's a shame. A lot of movies are during that time period where CG became good enough to use, but not good enough to hold up yeah. over the long period. As we discovered with the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very much true. And I'm going to interrupt because, like, as usual, I've got the, the movie playing next to me on my second screen. And boy, is that it's seven minutes into the film, or into the recording at least, and there's the opening scene where all the, the – or doing the, the – well, I don't know what the Chinese word for it, the Japanese word, kata, you know, on the beach. There's like oh, yeah. probably like 100 martial like kung fu masters. That is a cool scene. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, it's really cool. And there's one, it's like halfway through it, it pans, I think, from left to right. Because, you know, the the camera's kind of swirling around this um, group of uh, students. I guess, yeah, I think he's training the military. Um, But, you know, they're performing uh, this long form on the beach. And there's one dude in the back that's like a couple, like, a second or two seconds behind everybody else. Like everyone else is like perfect. Like, and there's one dude just kind of like does it afterwards. And it's really funny. I didn't notice that. That is funny, but yeah, I just, just love one it. Guy, so it's, it, it just kind of, it just caught my eye. Sticks out. The camera, you know, pans past him pretty quickly. I think it, you know, whoever's yeah. the cinematographer may have been like, Oh, and <laughs> don't look at that guy. He's, he's off. Yeah. And just, I don't know what it is, I've got it on silent right now, but the, that, the, I get folk singing, I guess. I don't know really what to call it. Traditional like the Chinese uh, song that goes with it is just, I don't know, it's, it feels inspiring and it's such a nice yeah, sunset it's, um, scene. It's very cool. It's basically Wong Fei. It's, it's his theme, or it's just become. Uh, yeah, I would, 
kind of like a poem and yeah a psalm mm-hmm. or something yeah it's like um it gets a couple of different translations i want to say it's um man but man must be strong but it's a different it's not specifically strength it's like another word usually yeah, not just not just physical strength and emotion. I guess yeah. imagine emotional and character strength, integrity, those kind of things. But no, it's such a cool scene. No, it is. It just, it's, 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 <laughs> it just stir, stirs the heart. It gets me all excited and ready to to watch some kung fu. It's good. Uh, sorry, let's go on to the actors. I guess yeah. <laughs> I was distracted. Uh, well, I'll finish up one last uh, oh, film. Oh, there, there was, he does more stuff recently, but um, I, I snagged uh, Black Mask Two, which didn't star Jet Li. Um, however, Jet Li did Black Mask One in I think '96, somewhere around then. Okay. But that was uh, um, one of one of his last few major ones. Um, Seahawks credits as producer is like huge <laughs> he has he's directed a lot of films but um produced is like double even more yeah um well so we have jet lee whom we've covered in uh hero uh, pretty extensively so i i just left off his <laughs> filmography because we've, we've hit all of his major ones and he really doesn't do um kung fu movies really anymore there's like small bits, but I don't know, as we discussed before, he was ill um, for a while and while he, I think he still is. So he's kind of oh, I forgot you know, about taking that. A, a backseat to uh, the action hero role. Um, however, he did, I Cause it was, think I linked. The, he's done a lot of Western films. Yeah, he's been doing more Western films. Um, and now he's switched to kind of just more drama. Um, more actual uh, okay. acting, acting. Um, not that he's not doing that before, but that wasn't what he was known for. Um, and then he did that short, uh, it's not really a commercial, it's just a short film uh, with Jack Ma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one kind of showcases a few different uh, martial arts styles and it has um, several big actors. I think Tony Jaa was in there for a little bit. Um, it's uh, it was neat, but Jet Li definitely looks like really old now. <laughs> it's it happens, I guess. Yeah, Jackie Chan actually just turned sixty four the other day. I saw. So, yeah, I mean, he looks. Birthday, uh, just not... He still looks pretty good. He looks really tired in the in um the foreigner, but I think that was just oh, some of that was makeup. Makeup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he is looking a little tired than he used to. So how old, how old is Jet Li? Uh, mm. He must be. It's going to be comparable. Fifty four. So he's ten years younger than Jackie Chan. Oh, his yeah. birthday is April twenty sixth. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, and isn't that our one year anniversary for this fantastic podcast? Yeah. If if not, it's uh, right around the date. I think it actually might be the twenty. Around there. Yeah. Well. So, I don't know. We we'll, might have we'll to cover, a, cover a Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Jet Li film. Mm-hmm. Me talking about. And there's a picture of him and Mark Zuckerberg. And Mark Zuckerberg's not the world's favorite person at the moment. No, no. We need to talk about him. <laughs> to date this podcast. <laughs> well, I guess, no, it doesn't really date it because I'm sure he's been in the firing line for a while now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jet Li is 54. 
Um, yeah, he's so talented. He's such a cool dude, Jet Li. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Yun Biao. Yeah. Yun Biao. Um, that this plays Fun. The, uh, the weird... Yeah, he was the... the what do you call it? He's sort of a hero to the film, but he's kind of like the anti-hero in some ways. Yeah. he <laughs> He's like a, oh, and, a foil. He's I a guess. Jackie Chan. He's like... Yeah. They yeah, kind he, of remind he, me of the Jackie Chan character from Drunken Master, and he does Drunken Master moves. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of... Like, his character could be a good guy, but he's more concerned with himself, so he's selfish, you know? Self-preservation. And, yeah, self-preservation. Yeah. And then there's just like, like his arc. errors, you know? There, there's things, you know, yeah, just yeah. a lot of misunderstandings going on. I really like his fighting style, though. As I said, it's kind of like the the drunken master who uses like the full body, not just his arms and legs. He's like using his side to to shove people out of the way, and he's like, elbow elbow dropping people mm-hmm. um, and throwing his weight around because he's often dealing with crowds. Um, and yeah, and he claims not to be a master, and he was trying to get trained throughout the movie at different times by a master masters, but he's pretty good at what he does. <laughs> He's definitely got some natural talent. Yeah, yeah. He um studied together with uh, the character. Yeah, the, the character does, but uh, the actor studied together with Jackie yep. Chan and Sammo Hung. Ah, oh, I'm not surprised by the way he moves then, um, and the way those martial arts get portrayed in this film. Yeah, it's a fun character. Uh, yeah, he doesn't doesn't have much of a film. History? No, it's library? huge. It's huge. I, I just uh, um, <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't gonna sit there and try to type in like eighty films. Um, he was an extra in the Chinese Connection. Um, he's in Chinese Hercules with um, Bolo Young. Um, he was an uncredited tournament fighter in Enter the Dragon. Um, oh yeah. So he's there with Jackie Chan. Yeah. And then he was, uh, I think we talked about the Magic Blade briefly. Other, someone else was in it. Um, Death Duel. Uh, he was in Game of Death. So <laughs> another Bruce Lee. Um, Enter the Fat Dragon. Uh, this was Sammo Hung. Is that a spoof? Yeah, it's, Is that yeah, a spoof it's one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in uh, spiritual great. kung fu um, knockabout is one of his um, first like main oh, starring roles spiritual kung fu is a great film we need to cover that one yeah um, uh, from memory that, that's the one that covers the, the animal yes. styles of kung fu it's very yeah, it's a lot of fun and yeah, Jackie Chan shows off all his ability to mimic kung fu styles very then, good. Uh, Magnificent Butcher we'll have to cover because it's also Wong Fei Hung um, sort of side story um, with Sammo Hung. Okay. And I think he's playing the same character as Lung Fun as his role. Um, he's in The Young Master. Uh, okay. The Prodigal Son. Prodigal. 
The prodigal son <laughs> with um, also Samahung. Uh, oh, look, he's in Zoo Warriors the Magic Mountain. Um, there we go. We've got the crossover. Project we can stop a. now. We've got the crossover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many. You can keep going for another uh, but, 20 but, years. Yeah. Well, it's cool that he's worked a lot with um, you know, with Jackie Chan, it sounds like, and, yeah. and Samahung. Uh, yeah. Definitely talented and uh, has a, a way of moving, which is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, um, well, I, I guess, guess he's most... the comedic kind of character in this. Yeah, he, yeah, he? he is. Or well, one of them. Yeah. There's a little bit more comedy in this, especially in, in comparison to um, the one we just watched, which was zero comedy. <laughs> just, just violence. Yeah. Yep. Let's see. Um, who do we have next? Uh, oh, um, Rosamund Kwan um, plays Aunt Yi, which is what, Aunt, Auntie 13? Is it 13? Yeah, Aunt 13, he calls her. Well, that's the subtitle, yeah, yeah. And, Why uh, Aunt 13? I never understood what that was about. She's the 13th of the aunties? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it doesn't explain it really in the subtitles. And um, unfortunately, I know my version uh, has it had the the Mandarin and the Cantonese language track, and then it had an English dub track. But the subtitles were dub titles; they came from the English dubbing. There was quite a few times where, like, no one's talking, but there's still subtitles going on. So they were just interjecting uh. <laughs> the story. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, I th- yeah, the Cantonese with the English subtitles. So, yeah, I didn't get much of that. But there's always lost in translation yeah. a little bit to some. Yeah. But um, um, so what is she? Rosamund Kwan. She's been in um, My Lucky Stars two. So that's with Jackie Chan um, in 1985. Then uh, Armor of God in '86, uh, which is. Um, the Jackie Chan Project A2, uh, 1986, uh, and then the Swordsman 2 uh, with Jet Li. That was pretty much it. There was a couple other things, but nothing uh, um, other than the Once Upon a Time in China film. She's in uh, one, two, three, and five. Um, oh, interesting. Follow the director. I guess technically there's six of them because there's also Once Upon a Time in China and America, which isn't the same as five. So it must be number six. And that was yeah. in 1997. And then that's kind of it. She didn't. She just did a couple dramas and then stopped in like okay. 2006. Um, well, yeah, she doesn't really have a kung fu role in this film, does she? she no, yeah, she's supporting just character now. Supporting. And I don't, rem- yeah. I don't remember how that resolves in the um, later films. So I guess we'll find out. <laughs> cool. Well, she is the love interest of um, Wong Fei Hung, yeah. isn't she? Even though she's they're auntie, not, they make it not, clear. Like related by blood, blood. auntie. No. Uh, yeah. So it's a little, a little weird, but yeah, they do explain it. <laughs> so we've got Jackie Ch- Chung. Jackie Chung, yeah, who is the actual comedic character, I guess, if you had to pick one. Ah, uh, yes. 
yeah, he's the one. He's the one, the dopey one. Everyone mocks. But he's actually very intelligent. It's just he's not good with Chinese. And yeah, he's studying he's in Chinese. America, and so he's um, his Chinese is bad, and they they make him sound like an idiot um, because of that. But the few times when he's like, well, he's dubbed um, speaking English, and it's like super good. Passion, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> Yeah, the scene near the end where he like commands the soldiers, like the, the American soldiers, to shoot when they should. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like really funny, but um, wouldn't actually happen, I don't think. But yeah, because he said such a proper accent, they thought he was an American saying it, so they they listened. Um, yeah, he, he looked familiar, but I don't know what. Oh, miracles! That's what it is. Yeah, miracles. Uh, nineteen eighty-five. Um, the Swordsman. So it was the first part of the. Uh, two swordsman movies um and then he was in bodyguards and assassins in 2005 he's had a few other roles but those are the the big the big main ones okay yeah again he didn't really fight he wasn't a fighter he was uh no he's like in the studying a uh, scholar type person Yeah. yeah um kent ching yes oh Pookie Lang. <laughs> yep, he was a funny character. He was, and he he got a um is a few uh, moments in the spotlight in this film to do some pretty good kung fu. Well, yeah, he's the he's the heavyweight. He's the the big smack of the head. He does a few stomps, doesn't he, to take out some dudes? And <laughs> yeah, especially toward the end, yeah. some funny ones. Mm. But, yeah, um, fun, we, ca- we've fun character. Previously covered his filmography when we looked at. Uh, Ip Man 1, 2, and 3 all at once. Um, he is the detective, uh, I guess, police chief guy in uh, Ip Man. Oh, okay, yep. I think it's like, ups- like Fatty in the other one. Uh, but not surprised. The, he's the one. I'm just up to the scene where he gets. I'm just seeing where he gets introduced and he's pushing the. Because he's called Porky because he's a bit big. But he's also. he butchers pork like pork that yeah. pigs that's his job and the scene where he's rocking up with all the carcasses is so gross and one slides off and just slaps on the ground it's pretty gross but yeah good old porky uh yeah him, him and um the bucktooth guy have a have fun little banter throughout the film they're a fun kind of combo yeah um yeah i like that uh, Yin Shi Quan. Yes, and this Iron. is um, Iron Rob Yim. Um, this is the guy that ah. does the um, Qigong um, Iron Body style. He... Yeah, he's in my dub, my trans. Sorry, not my dub, my subtitled version. He it was Iron Vest Kung Fu. Is yeah, that's what, what he, they, he's... that's what they called it. Another one. I, we probably had the same. Um, version yeah so yeah interesting here is iron robe I, it's quite interesting how similar the man story follows the wong fei hung story because it's virtually the same thing <laughs> yeah well i mean they're like uh, both and- revolutionaries and actual people so <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, similar circumstances I wong fei hung's more of a I thought he was like a made-up folk hero, whereas Ip Man's a real cat person. 
that story's been embellished. It's probably or a little bit Conway, Conway, um, Okay. Because, yeah, I always thought Wei Fong Hong was not a, a one specific person, but a kind of a amalgamation of stories and acts that's just being melded into one great yeah. hero. No, he's actual actual guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, there you go. Born uh, 1947 and died in 1924. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, well, it's a lot of stories that in version, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, the same kind of um, same kind of said things. Opposing master turns up and challenges him, and even to the fact where he forces him to fight but he can't because he's got he's under house arrest and yeah. so he claims he he won and it's exactly the same thing that happened at Itman 3 was it uh yeah uh, uh yeah well very similar he yeah i don't know i kind of didn't like his character but it did fine well, he's, mean, he's like to... again it was really just about um self-interest and self-promotion i mean he literally had the same role as the like um opposing uh wing chun master so he's just trying to set up his school in foshan and to do that just needs to beat the best person to prove that his school is worthy of being followed gaining more students mm-hmm. um however um yen shikwan the uh, actor uh has a very extensive um, filmography. I definitely couldn't put this in. Um, his notable recent, <laughs> sort of recent roles um, was uh, Iron Monkey um, in 1993. He was uh, in that. He was in uh, Heroic Trio um, also in 93. I'm just going to go backwards slightly. Uh, Dragon Inn, which is a classic, 92. Um, oh, he returns in Once Upon a Time in China 2 um, as a different character. Um, he was also oh, a swordsman too, <laughs> and then just like a billion fearless hyena, thirty six crazy fists. Um, oh, he was in Imperman. Did, did you have you seen that Imperman? That one's pretty cool. It's like um, no, it's the it's the Chinese version of Ult, uh, Ultraman. Oh, cool. It's fun. Okay. It's kind of silly. Um, and then just like a thousand, uh, five fingers of death, uh, the water margin. That's a classic. Uh, Boxer from Shantung. Uh, one arm swordsman, new one arm swordsman. Um, have sword will travel. Uh, and just like a, a couple other ones, <laughs> a few. He's been, he started in like 1966, so he's been. Um, doing yeah. this for some time and that being the case he he didn't look that old um, in once upon a time in china no I mean, he's he definitely an older character but not shape. too bad <laughs> yeah and seemed to move pretty well like he was, yeah. he was all over the show um but yeah i guess his kung fu was more of a strength based wasn't as quick and agile as as jetly no still, he's basically he just, just like thought you could tank tank like bullets <laughs> you can shoot me and it won't hurt 
He did get take a knife to the stomach and it didn't cut him. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think he <laughs> even the sword and a few other things kind of like skidded off his skin. Yeah. I think anything direct just wasn't really working. Um, let's see, I guess our uh, our next main antagonist is uh, uh, the Shaho gang leader. Um, this is Q Jiangguo, something like that. Um, maybe Chu, Chu Jiangguo. Uh, he doesn't really have a large filmography. Um, Disciples of Shaolin Temple in 85. Uh, Fist from Shaolin. Um, in 93, which is also, um, I want to say this was a, another Wong Fei Hung. Um, yes, it is a, not a reboot, just another story of Wong Fei Hung um, in 1993. It's okay. actually a, a, it's not a, it's almost kind of a remake of what we just watched, just based on the, the little synopsis Wang Fei Hung must fight against the slave trader and a prefect to stop the Chinese being sold as slaves to work in the gold mines in America that's pretty much kind of what happened in this one sort of the plot was a little they were kind of playing different. fast yeah. and loose with this one um, and then we have uh, Yin Qingyan is uh, Im's opponent so the brief fight scene um where he's fighting by the bonfire to kind of establish himself yes that was a very cool scene like it was very yeah. well filmed from what i remember and it looked impressive uh, yeah well, it definitely it was just was a way to showcase himself yeah um it, it was kind of him breaking in showing how tough he was wasn't he in the city yeah um and then for the i mean basically it's a cameo uh, on part of uh Yin Chingyan, who is in also, he's in 133 films. So Holy crap. I wasn't going to be able to, to pull um, this whole thing. However, um, some of his more recent films and one that we did indeed watch was, um, oh, he's in Fist of Legend. Um, okay. He's in Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. Once Upon a Time in Shanghai, uh, Kung Fu Killer, which um, Donnie Yen. Tai Chi Master. So oh, it's all, probably also Sunny that's, that's Jet Li, isn't it? Tai Chi maybe it's Jet, maybe it's Jet Li. Uh, yeah. Tai Chi Master. Yeah, um that was this was released is under it? Twin Warriors. Yes. Yeah, it's the two names. I think we've yeah. talked about it. I want to cover that. That's I really like yeah, that this film. one was good. Well, he's in he did stunts in the Daredevil film and in Charlie's Angels 2. And in okay. Matrix Reloaded. So he's, you know, he's done, well, 133 different films. <laughs> Heck. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And, uh... Oh, he's also an Inframan. Oh, <laughs> I still love how they're tied together. It's like a, a vicious web. Yeah, well, so maybe he's... it's the same thing, like uh, One-Armed Swordsman, um, Half Sword Will Travel. Actually, they have a pretty similar filmography. Oh, that's a movie we have to we have to cover. I've just seen his uh, list. One of his films is Drunken Tai Chi. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Drunken Drunken Tai Chi might have been done again. Uh, but yeah, he's he's sixty one years old. So he's done a movie, two movies for every year of his life, and then some. Yeah, 
Yeah, this was one of Dungeon's first pretty impressive. actually. Duncan Taichi. Oh, was he the one of the... He was in... Yeah, I recognize him in a few other films and his costumes. Yeah, we'll have to take a closer look at some of these. Um... Yeah, the Drunken Tai Chi looks fun. Yeah, it was it was oh, kind of kind of silly. There's also the year before Shaolin Drunkard. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, very very experienced man. Man, two films per year of his life, and that's including his as a baby. So yeah. I mean, he's done like his adult life is three films or something per year, if not more. Ninety two was pretty prolific. Yeah, yeah, heck, impressive stuff. Six, and... six movies in '92. Holy moly! Yeah, and he's still and, and he's still acting. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess he's not actually that old. Jackie Chan's older. Yeah. We've got finally Steve Tartilia. Tala Talia. It's harder than the Chinese names. Yeah, I don't know. Who's that? This is the tiger, the guy with the goofy wig that you think is gonna fight Wong Fei Hung. Oh, yeah, he's he a big... to shoot him. <laughs> yeah, he he. They seem like they're gonna line him up to be kind of the main, like, final boss fight. Yeah, but then he just kind of gets taken out. Yeah, the whole movie just like changes what it's doing toward the last quarter. Yeah, but yeah, I was kind of glad I didn't. They didn't. They didn't have to bother fighting him. And it showed, because that's what was cool about this uh, movie. We had three kind of boss fight endings for like three different characters or something. Like yeah. there's all, they all have their kind of, their victory, the, the characters that you follow. It's not just a story about uh, Wong Fei Hung. There's also Fun and, and the other characters who we get to see progress as well, which is kind of fun. Yeah, he was the non-character. We can forget him. The, the priest was better. The father dude was a cooler dude. Oh yeah, I didn't think I grabbed his thing, but I'm oh, he's been sure anything else. That's, uh... Nah, he's been in a film, but it was I. What I like, yeah, what I liked about it, it was they showed that all Westerners aren't evil because often they just get depicted as evil. Yeah, no, he actually <laughs> he like, was, uh, did some cool stuff, I guess, to to help out. To help, yeah, and he died. He sacrificed himself to protect uh, Jet Li. Well, yeah. Wong Fei Hong. No, it's a cool lineup. It's a very star-studded cast, I guess, with kung fu films. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially like um, at the time, they would have been really, really notable actors. Yeah, but good stuff. Uh, are we ready for reviews, or have you got some more? No, I think that's it. For us? We're, uh, okay. Ready to would you the like good and bad? The good, the good or the bad? Uh, what do we do? Do the bad one. I think we did the good one. Last do the time bad. First. <laughs> I didn't actually read the title because I was rushing to get this copied into the notes. <laughs> this is one out of one out of ten, and it's titled "Racist Xenophobic Exercise in Anti-Americanism." <laughs> I like this title. No, I don't. Uh, and it's from XBGS on the fourteenth of January two thousand and six. This is fifteen years after this film was released. All right, by that, yeah, ninety-one. Yep, it's fifteen years later. Warning spoilers. This is your warning, listeners. Uh, transposition of the enslavement of Africans in 18th century to late 19th century Chinese brutalized by colonial era 
costumed Americans is a laughable exercise in national self-pity. What? What a douchebag sentence. Like, As... No, this actually happened. <laughs> huh? I know. And that's the thing, like the slavery of Africans is terrible and it, it's very sad to happen, but it's, it, it happened all over the world as well. Yeah. yeah. As with other Jet Li movies of the era made in China, the blatant anti-Americanism and overwhelming xenophobia leads to idiotic historical reconstructions and constant propagandizing. Is that a word? It seems like I've just added ing on the end of a real word. Anyway, <laughs> as an example, though, many famous martial artists died during the Boxer Rebellion, the wholesale liquidation of martial arts and martial arts artists and martial arts in China was implemented first by the nationalists, then more completely by the communist government, not foreign devils. Yes, they are called that in the film. Thank you. Meanwhile, the great Lam Sai Wing, a senior student of Wong Fei Hung, is here shown as a fat buffoon, useful only for comic relief. I don't know. He kind of saves the day a lot in this film. As I say, he's one of those characters that has his own kind of arc and victory at the end, his own yeah, self accomplishment. So competent. I disagree with that. <laughs> there wasn't really much before. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. The stunts themselves are sped up and... No, they're not. The stunts themselves are sped up and though illustrative of Mr. Lee's athleticism are not well-spaced. A far better movie illustrating wushu creativity is Iron Monkey, a coherent story containing excellent fight scenes, little brutality, and no racist dogma. Where to start with this one? <laughs> I'm going to start with um, the talk, the the fat buffoon comment. There was a little of, of fun poked, as I mentioned earlier. There was banter between a few of the characters, but uh, he wasn't the butt of all jokes. That's for sure. He had a he had a character arc where he was angry at what was happening to his country and his his city, and he. Yeah, he, he fought and supported Jet Li and he learned to obey rather than just act, uh, showed restraint, which I think is one of the tenets of Kung Fu is to to show control over, over one's emotions. Um, so I don't know. I disagree with that. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not really... I like, I know what they're trying to say, but I don't really agree with all of <laughs> all of what they're saying there either. Like, yeah, it's centralized to extent probably, but it's kind of a known fact that America was trying to interfere with a lot of other countries at that time. <laughs> yeah. Because they were growing power. In they were becoming... wasn't like a great thing. So <laughs> it's not, uh, you can't really debate that. They, the horrible things were done in the name of progress and um, just jingoism. Yeah. And well, and they even showed in this movie that it wasn't just Americans. There were Chinese, there were the Chinese authorities who were selling out their own people. Yeah. Um, 
isn't the doesn't the movie start with the, like the, the the army being disbanded and that's what Jet Li is assigned by his general to create a militia that can defend its country at a moment's notice and that's when we first meet Porky is when he call he sees someone in danger so he calls in the local militia to support him yeah because Fun, the, the general danger. is being sent to Vietnam to aid in defense against the French colonialists. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I didn't know the details, but I know that. But wasn't I thought the whole army was kind of being disbanded in general, and that's what the part the reason. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what he was saying. He was telling the general, he's like, "You get your orders," um, but or no, I think the general was telling him, "He's like, I have these orders to go do something, but by the time I get back, there might not be nothing to you know come back to as far as my command." Yeah, which is why he put him in charge of the militia. Um, so mm. he, he could um, rest assured that at least that would be keeping the regular the general populace safe because the um, the government was becoming ineffective at that point. Yep. So yeah, yeah, a little a little bit of centralization going on, but we get the we get the idea, and yeah. it's the, it's a folk hero. Like, of course they're gonna make the opposition more villains because it's no fun if the Americans are all nice guys. <laughs> Then we don't have a we don't have an action film, do we? So, yeah, you can't yeah. just take away the core conflict. And when you're dealing with a folk hero, you don't show them in a bad light. That's the opposite of being a folk hero. <laughs> well, unless you're the last film we covered. What was that called again? <laughs> uh, the legend begins. <laughs> I don't remember. Was it Rise of the Legend? Or yeah, something? yeah, Rise of the Legend. Yeah, that kind of made made him more of to me in my eyes more of a villain because he was doing just as bad stuff but the, yeah the end justifies the means was the in focus that of movie, that film yeah, for sure yeah 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 okay should we move on to the good review yep number 10 out of 10 so polar opposite and this reviewer is called fox in socks uh, and this was reviewed uh 16th of july 2002 so a full 11 years after the movie was released Title, there's more to martial arts cinema than art house self-indulgence or slapstick comedy. All right. Watch this again as an antidote to The One. Jet Li's <laughs> done some good films, some terrible films, and then again, he's done a few genuine epics, like the Once Upon a Time in China series. These films are also among the best work of he says name Xu Hak. The modern Wong Fei Hong series contains elements of humor without being just broad slapstick. If you want kung fu comedy, rent Jackie Chan film. <laughs> that was in brackets, by the way. Uh, but are mostly films about a troubled China where traditional values are being overwhelmed by Western style and influence. Iron Robe. Yim's line, you can't fight bullets with Kung Fu, resonates archingly with the failed Boxer Rebellion, during which Qi Gong practitioners mistakenly believed they were protected from foreign guns. Wong Fei Hung struggled to find an honorable, peaceful path through the collision between cultures should strike a chord with anyone who ha has moved on from chop. Socky and realize what 
don't know what that means. Shop Shocky and realizes that Kung Fu movie can feature a great story as well as a great as great cinematography. Basically all in all, interesting. The, the movies from like the late seventies, early eighties, that era of Kung Fu, like it was pretty light on the plot and just really dealt with vengeance on um most part, you know, like, oh, you've killed my master or my brother or whatever, and they had to just go revenge themselves. Yeah. This, this, yeah, they, this I guess, didn't do that as much. No. It was a little messy, the plot at times. Yeah. And it <laughs> seemed a little... They were putting, putting a lot in, and I think, that, I guess it's that curve. You go from no story to too much story, and it's trying to find that kind of happy medium in any kind of art form. But... Yeah, no, it was a good review. Interesting. They liked it. And it's interesting that they were comparing it to the one because in comparison, this is much more enjoyable film and a lot more Kung Fu in it in the long run, despite the one being fun when I first saw it. (laughs) (laughs) And having twice the Jet Li. Yeah, this Jet Li is better than one Jet Li. 20 times the Jet Li. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be just awesome. What do you think? What do you think of that review? Any, Uh, Any complaint? No, I thought it was pretty good. Cool. Do we want to discuss the plot now? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll give it a shot. Since there's like not just one plot, there's a couple rolling around in here. Well, um, kind of talked about it earlier. So basically, the first three fourths of the movie, I would say, revolves around um the foreign occupation of China. The, the British, the Americans, everyone's the French, um, kind of coming in and wanting, um, ostensibly they say they're wanting, what they want is silver, um, as far as I can recall. It wasn't gold. Um, they had yeah. gold. They wanted the Chinese silver. And um, so they basically were trying to partition China in between, you know, between all the colonial powers, um, since there's quite a bit of China and you can sort of split it in several different ways. You know, how that actually turned out was um, Britain ended up with a good chunk of it uh, until you get the um, the the communist revolution, uh, which mm-hmm. changed kind of all of the landscape. Um, but basically, we have, as we said earlier, Wang Fei Hung is so Foshan is where this takes place. It's a little port town and it's basically a microcosm of yeah, microcosm of what's going on in, you know, the broader part of China. And we're seeing uh the town itself is kind of like already in little factions. There's the regular workers, there's um the upper the upper crust, I guess that's dealing directly with the dignitaries like the visiting people that are representing um the 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 foreign countries and um then you have like the sort of sycophants so that's the the local governor um and the the military who are they're trying to retain some kind of hold but the actual government's sort of disbanding them so they're I think they wanted to maybe try to rely on the militia, but at the same time, the, the through a few events in the film, the militia has kind of put a, a what do you want to call that? Like a bad face has been given to them, 
there's got to be a better word for that. <laughs> they're, they've been framed. Given a bad name. Yeah. Given a bad name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, reputation is, but I don't. It's been smeared. Is smeared. Yes. <laughs> One of those it, words. Yeah, and that's through the uh, the Shaho gang. So the Shaho gang is. So they're criminals, but they're they're toadying up to the government. They're basically saying that uh, they can provide um, workers for the uh, the Americans. I guess basically, it was not so much the government. They actually end up siding with the like some of the, the American group, isn't it? Like yeah, they yeah. They're, they're working, the well, generals. the government itself doesn't really have much power, so they're they're sort of siding with the Americans who they, they see as having a larger um, power in the, uh, in, in Foshan. Yeah. It's because they were, they got themselves in trouble trying to attack uh, Wei Fong Hong's school. But yeah, they, they started the trouble by fight, fighting Fun and that, and that drag, uh, yeah, Wei Fong Hong and his school into, and the militia into the fight. And so they were blamed for the trouble. Even though they didn't start it, they were just protecting people. Yeah, basically yeah, they, anybody they fighting got... was in trouble, and because they were not only fighting in general, but they're fighting like in the. Just guess it was just a restaurant, but it's almost like an embassy. They're fighting like at a dinner yeah, it's the... so like the one place where they shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah, it was like a um, gentleman, not gentleman's club, kind of um, country club type thing, yeah. like the upper echelon res- go. And so, yeah, it's it's a political struggle. It, it, there's a lot of uh, gently opposing the Western influence, and I guess that's what goes against what that first the bad review kind of talked about. In the end, gently embraces, not gently, Wei Fong Hong. Uh, <laughs> embraces the west and he's got he got you see him wearing not necessarily embraces but accepts it that it's new and it's different and you can still hold on tradition but still progress yeah and well i mean he's, he's embracing like the the trappings it's it's not uh the culture or the rule it's just like the outside effects of it like the outward appearance of it he just has you know glasses and a hat and a um, a suit yeah he wears yeah, a suit yeah, and he wears a suit so yeah it's it's not like he's not appropriating anything he's just like a couple things look cool and it seems to be popular so he's just using that or i mean he's, he's adopting that as like a look but i think as far as everything else he's you know he's a practicing doctor with um traditional chinese medicine Yes. Yeah. And as I say, it's kind of that, that bridge between the, the mm-hmm. I guess, the the traditional and the new. Basically, he just likes the aesthetics. <laughs> He's just going yeah. with that. So I guess uh, Wei Fong Hong gets himself into some trouble by being pulled into these fights with these gangs, even though he has nothing to do with it. Yeah. But it finds out that there's bad things going down um, and people are getting attacked and woman has been stolen <laughs> in the end. Uh, and turn into slaves, and so he ends up deciding he has to fight regardless of because he's trying to avoid fights because he's trying to keep the peace. Yeah. But decides I that mean, fighting is the only answer. In charge of training the militia, and he's trying to set an example and keep you know everything pretty much nonviolent. He's only it's not 
self-defense, but it's in, like, defense of something. He's fighting only because it's, like, the last resort. Yeah. Um, and who he's fighting, well, the people who are trying to get him in trouble are actually the Chinese, I assume they're, like, the police. They work as the police. But they are really under the thumb of the foreigners. The foreigners yeah, kind of the, dictate um, what they it's do. The, the local governor and yeah. his troops who are also it's it's a little odd because they're at they're at odds with the militia um because the militia it's not like they have pa- extra power that the, the government does or that you know the local governor doesn't have but it's more that they i think the local governor feels challenged by the the militia and the fact that it's not under his control like directly yeah so they're at odds oh, uh, yeah, great. the local governor isn't trying he's just trying to do what's best for for Sean. you know he's coming to the the aid of the people that's what his concerns are um however uh, he's also trying to he's like playing both sides like trying to appease the yes. americans but also trying to do what he can for the people like he has no problem with them well, on that- the show when they're when he perceives that they're doing what they're supposed to do. It's when he thinks they're out of line that he like has them all arrested. Well, I'd, I'd say to start off with, he definitely has that that role that um, that's in a lot of these kind of these films we've covered, where he's yeah he's appeasing the foreigners and he's angry at at Wei Fong Hong and his, and the militia because they cause trouble in front of the Americans. Yeah. They're making him look and, bad. That's basically what it kind of boils. And down. so he's he's targeting the militia because he's angry. But then he when he finds out what the, the American soldiers and that are doing, he he has no hesitation in fighting against them and joining in with uh, the militia. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. So he's not one of those bad guys who has turned his back on his people. He's trying to do what's right and he thinks working with the americans is fine until he sees there's evil there yeah he doesn't know they're doing the um no like the slave trade the slave trade he, no he's exactly like taking it at face value you know they have um uh kind of hawkers like on the street uh trying to entice people to um well technically they're like in, indentured it's like an indentured servitude sort of because they're signing a contract, um, and and yeah, an employment contract or something. Like, yeah, it's like a legitimate thing with the government, but um, the um, the the people are like have to pay a certain amount of wage or a, a, like a weird down payment um, for the passage, I guess, to uh, America. Ostensibly, it's for like a gold rush, and they're supposed to go um, dig for gold. But what ends up happening is they're there to build railroads and all that ridiculousness they're just being exploited um but even the like the the people enticing them it's like one american guy and then they have a um like a a chinese it's not even a translator it's just a chinese person um salesman yeah <laughs> like it's, and we it's saw a snake the- oil like a snake oil salesman yep it's set up very much like those kind of yeah you'd get the the merchant rolling into town into a western a western style gold rush town yeah. and just trying to sell his merch but it's selling this fake job really 
Um, and we saw the same thing happening in um, Rise of the Legends, where one Chinese guy's uh, guy, hey, look, you know, you get paid the silver to come work for us. And there's one of them that's under their payroll who's saying, yeah, yeah, look, this is what I earned last time. And then everyone's like, oh, sweet, I'll go. And then they never seen again. Yeah. Um, yeah, same similar kind of thing. Um, yeah, as you're right, there is a few plots that they all tie together. That's just kind of giving reasons for characters to to decide to act, I guess. Yeah, a lot of the plots, the little subplots, because uh, there's a whole. Yeah, it takes a while for Wei Fong Hong to actually get like fire up and actually take action. He's yeah trying to stay peaceful most of the the time. And then even Iron Fist, or Iron, sorry, Iron Vest, Iron Robe, Yim, he's there, like he's got his whole subplot, but really he's there to decide to fight with the gang because it's a way for him to get money quick so he can get his school. Yeah. well, And that's the only reason like, he's fighting. Doesn't, he doesn't know the extent of what that gang is no. doing. No, yeah, he's tricked. You know, he he's operating like under a false pretense of like of, of information. He doesn't have the full story because he's not from Poshan. He's from another city or town. Mm-hmm. He's an outsider. And, but even then his final, his final words, are in support of China and of keeping it, you know, theirs yeah. uh, when he realizes what's happening, but he fights, still fights. Um, Jet Li to the end because he wanted to beat him. Yeah, he's more concerned with that than anything else. Um, and he tells uh, so Foon um has been taken on his his apprentice basically, and um, Foon is telling um Yim that that gang is like really bad, and Yim he knows that they're not like up and up like the greatest guys he gets that that he's not stupid um but he's kind of brushes it aside and he's like you know um people have to do what they need to do to get ahead in life and um i'm i'm concerned with like you know the end justifies the means like the thing i want to do set up the school i'll do whatever i have to to you know get to that you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet kind of thing well, that, that on fun. I really like his story. He's he's a performer in the play. He kind of gets caught up with this gang. Um, with, I think the director of the play kind of makes him take the brunt of some detios or something stupid like that. Like yeah. so the gang blames fun, even though it's got nothing to do with him. And that's how all this conflict starts. He leads them to the militia, and the militia causes the fight to make every the the police get angry, makes the American angry and it all kind of leads to it. And Fun plays this kind of anti-hero role. He fighting and he ends up fighting with Jet Li and the gang at the same time at one point. And, but he's always there and he's, he's always out for himself and he's trying to have self-preservation. But in the end, he, he does still know right from wrong. Like he chooses to risk his life to to save um, Auntie th- Aunt Thirteen from a very yeah a very nice a very not nice scene, 
and yeah, I, I really like how yeah he completely changes his tune and he's willing to do anything to because he realised the stakes at that point. It's, it's better to have integrity than to to for self preservation. Yeah, yeah, I just thought it was a cool story arc. Well, I mean, and he had kind way, of a raw deal when he was working with the um, little play uh, uh, troupe, the opera troupe, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they they yeah. he's there and he's wants to be an actor in the thing and they're just constantly giving him like menial tasks instead um but i think yeah, he's, he's, he's a little bit clumsy so he was messing up um i think he broke part of the stage doing a backflip or something so the um the director i guess or the leader of that troop was upset with him and you know making him like fix the roof and do other stuff instead and uh collect that you know, money from the, um, the, like the ticket money, which is what the, uh, the gang was hitting the, the little troop up for protection fees or whatever. Uh, that's what I was here, yeah. But as I say, yeah, like he had a raw deal. He ends up siding with, um, Iron Robe Yim, but Iron Robe Yim wasn't a bad guy at that point. He was just trying to make his own name in the city. And so he saw value in his strength. And wants to learn from him, and so there's nothing, nothing wrong that he did at that point. And yeah, and when when things get serious and when things get bad, he stands up and does a really good job. Yeah, kicking ass and <laughs> being a hero. So yeah, I really liked, I liked his role in this movie. It's a fun character. Yeah, I mean, I think out of everyone, he probably had the most. Um change as far as when he started and when he ended everyone else kind of what they were presented as is what they ended up still being yep fair enough um i do think porky was a cool little i mentioned earlier i think i liked his story arc as well he was kind of the hothead to start off with and then he he learned control and um and yeah so there was development in who he was and what he had to do and but yeah he stuck by his master despite being told off by him. I like the loyalty and the yeah, his character. Yeah. It's a good film. I really enjoyed it. Good martial arts. Some pretty cool scenes. So how would you compare it to Rise of the Legend last week? Um this and for some reason it took me a little bit more time to get into this i think it's because it definitely looks like I said, it does have a slow start you know it's um, a little bit slower uh the the pacing of the movie in general and then the fact that there's like three plots running on you know going on at the same time um it it wasn't like it was any more any more difficult to follow since um as we you know discussed last time the um Rise of the Legend was actually difficult to follow for, for a good chunk of the film. It was very time. difficult. Um, but it, you know, it was constantly delivering on the on the action front. And this had, uh, you know, a lot of good fight scenes and um, some some good sets and some staging. But I think it took a little while to get to that because it's trying to be like three different films. And you're getting the comedy, you're getting the action, and they they blend together just fine. Um, but it 
I think it suffered a little bit from having multiple arcs. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned, you know, we have the, the, the Americans and the one, um, uh, tiger, I guess the, uh, the guy that you think is going to be a bad guy. I mean, he is a bad guy, but you think he's in uh, like, a, a fight. The boss it, battle. It's just like a letdown. And then the actual boss battle sort of is with Iron Robe Yim, who yes. didn't even feel like a main character. He just kind of was like a side person, but then ended up having his own plot. I don't know. That that made it not as strong as like, you know, the, the some of its parts wasn't as great as like the individual parts themselves. Um, they were fine, but okay. when you put it all together, I think it weakened the movie a little bit. Um, and, and I'm interested to see if uh, how the director deals with you know making basically five other films um, dealing with the larger part of the story, and if it um, becomes stronger uh, as the the films go on. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, I kind of th- this fight in fight scene was better than Rise of the Legend in the, the, yeah. the burning warehouse. The kung fu in this film is much better than Rise of the Legend. It was just like we talked about last time. It was just a brutal. It's virtually the same story, like the overarching story. It's just done differently. Um, I uh, and a big part of it, of course, is the portrayal of. Uh... Wong Fei Hung, um, he yes. in this film ends as he started. He's already the legend, you know. The other one yes, is the rise of the legend. Fair enough. You know his character. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Changes throughout the the, the movie, and then the ends up like the ending scene. Literally, could have been an opening into this. The start of this film. Um, yeah, yeah, that's but, fair enough. That being said, the Wong Fei Hung in Rise of the Legend is not this Wong Fei Hung. Like no. they're they might as well just be two different people. Like there's no there's no real similarity in in, uh, in the way they carry themselves, in the way they act, in like their their personal like creed um, isn't yep. there. Yet. I agree. Uh, you would need to see like another film after Rise of the Legend to like bring that I think together if that's what their you know intent is yep yeah we'll see I I liked that I'm trying to word this right um, I don't know really the exact facts about Wei Fong Hong as a real person what he did and didn't do and we mentioned earlier, it's a lot of this is embellished or um, built upon through legend. But no, <laughs> yeah, uh, despite no matter how good a hero is, he, he's nothing without the people around him. And too often, I think films portray the one hero as being the one hero. I liked that he was there and he was rescuing Aunt 13, but he wasn't the one to do it. He was just part of that. He had a big role in it by taking out Iron Vest. Yeah, but that the, the other characters are still heroes in their right in their own right. They were there just like he was. He is their leader, so he gets the glory in history. But I like that it portrayed 
that there were others there risking their lives the same way he was doing everything he did. So yeah, I kind of like that it spread the load a little bit at the end and that he didn't have to take up this evil villain because he was part of the team who did. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, no, it does. And that's something that you definitely see in contrast to um, like a Western, uh, not, I mean like a old film, but like a Western cinema um, in general. Yep. Like specifically American films. Um, it's all about like the lone action hero, like the, you know, the one tough person that can get that's the job done. Um, I, it would be more, I guess, easily summed up uh, just by the idea uh, or even the, the, the film, um, all men are brothers. Like that's what it's about. Um, yep. brotherhood, uh, this group, um, effort, you know, the, the things you do aren't just for yourself. You know, they're supposed to, especially if, if it's Chinese, it's matching up with them. Confucian ideals, uh, which yep. I think we talked about a little before, but that, that's what this is about. It's, it's, group it's family community um the fact that uh you know wong fei hung's his students and his um the militia everything there it's basically a big family you know that's what they look up to him as and because that's the case you know each person has their place that they need to their their role to um undertake and in this family group and that's what you see through the film and they did it's just a really yeah. good job of that and even like Foon, um who it's more like uh i don't know like a lost child like he needs up he was looking for a place to belong it's basically what he's doing is searching for his place and i think you know i think that by the end of this he you know he literally finds it because he um swears in and becomes a, a student of uh, wong fei Hung. Soon enough, yeah. Well, I guess what I like discussing it now is that Wei Fong Hong is known uh, Hung is known for his his ability to fight, but that's not where his strengths really lie. Yes, he's very good at that, and that's one of his strengths. But his strength is in inspiring and and others, and that's what he's doing throughout the film. He's encouraging everyone around him to be the best that they can be. Um, and that's what we see with the kind of I guess the pinnacle of this film or the end of this film is that the people that are close to him are are doing heroic things and being great, but and it's because of his inspiring nature. So I guess that's that he is an aspiring leader and brings the best out of people. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, so I don't know. I, it is it is a slow burn. This film, in a lot of ways, I think it again like the lot of the films we've covered. With a with a sharper editing tool, um, I think it could be a little uh, crisper films and cut out a little bit of the fluff. But at the same time, that they will take time. Like there's a scene, it's just like locking up his shop. Like he woke up, and he's like, "There's one." Of the, I think it might be Fun, or maybe it's the other guy. The other I we haven't actually mentioned him. There's the other really good fighter that fights with Porky at the end. He's just part of. Uh, Wei Feng Hong's school. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who he is. His name. Uh, I can't remember who it was in the scene. But like, they spend like two minutes of them about. Oh, I got to lock up, and then the guy walks in the shop. He's like, "No, you got to come out before I lock up." <laughs> and it's like, 
there's no need for it to actually be there except for it to just be a bit of fun. And so for one, one sort part of me thinks that I should get rid of stuff like that. And the other part, it's kind of fun because it builds character and, and more depths of the. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I it, it was necessary because they're doing multiple plots and you need to have a little bit of time with each of the, I mean, they're basically the, main characters yeah. in their good own point. storyline. Um, hey, without those point. little yeah, moments, yeah. you you lose that, and it definitely wouldn't have been as effective a film trying to juggle all these plots, but not like give you the time to, to see why they were necessary. To... Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might as well just get rid of them if you're not gonna um, go into that kind of depth. So. While I don't, you know, necessarily agree that it needed to have all these little subplots running, they did a good job with them. Agreed, agreed. Um, and so I kind of really liked all the characters, and they they were there's a lot more to the characters compared to a lot of other martial art films, especially some of the ones we've covered. There's a lot of character and depth to them. Like yeah. you understand their motivations uh, more so than you we do in maybe some of the earlier kung fu films. Well, I mean, I, I guess a really telling example would be um, uh, Buck Teeth So. Uh, so he, unintentional, weird pun. Um, no one in this is really a character. Uh, they give everyone enough depth that they're like, they don't have just one side. They're multifaceted. They're actual fleshed out characters, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so uh, with Buck Teeth So, um, he initially comes off as kind of a buffoon. Um, he like ends up plastering like the one guy's leg and his arm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, that was he, funny. You see that he's trying to, you know, practice his medicine, medicine. Um, but his, his actual language comprehension is bad. Um, but that, that would just be a one note character if they didn't go and kind of show his, it's not even his growth, but his effectiveness in other situations because he does um, fully understand uh, English and has, I, mean, I think he was using like British English, but uh, it um, it was very effective when he ha- was given his time to shine. He wasn't just made a mock, he wasn't just like a mockery of a character. Even though oh, exactly kind of treated him that way. But, like the dork. The, yeah, yeah, he was the, the- the clan idiot, but he isn't. He was really. like the Chung Shek, or uh, was it? It's the guy with the like little mole that's in like all the other uh, Jackie Chan movies, but is only ever that yeah, character. Yeah. This is him, but actually, as a real person, you would you have to be effective at something. I mean, not everyone's just a buffoon. Adore, yeah. No, and one is exactly, and that ties in with what I, how I was feeling with um or about the way Fung Hung is that he brings the best out of people, and obviously he valued him as a person and what he brought to I guess their group or the school the yeah. martial arts school and he saw that and because he was such a good leader people like him stuck around and were able to offer things uh, and he, he, he was a very timid shy person had no real physical ability but he was still there at the end to, to risk his life to save others um, so yeah Really, really cool character development in this film, I think. Despite how many there are, 
you yeah i felt i was a, got enough from each character more so than you usually would with a car uh i guess you when you got four or five lead characters yeah you get you still get something from them and that's a, a, a another thing that's a marked contrast um, against Rise of the Legend, where the, I mean, arguably there's probably an equal amount of main characters in that film, but because the audience isn't privy to like some of the the hopes, the ins and outs of the plot, the, the actual characters, what's going what's going on in the movie, um, it, it made it weaker because you didn't really get to be in the shoes of any of the characters and this you do you you're right there alongside them as they you know suffer and as they succeed um and yeah that was that's the strength of this film agreed um and mentioning that before about the you know the western films tend to have that one hero who rises above the rest that that's what rise legend was he was by himself by the end like he did it he had all the support but they, they all, yeah, he was, he rose up and he was the, you know, the one who did it all really at the end. And that's what, not as exciting, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could sum it, you could sort of sum it up by the way that they filmed um, that, that last segment. And he has all the support. He has his militia. He has, you know, the, um, that like that that rebel group right and then they get locked out Mm -hmm. and like behind the gate like you physically just like hey you guys can't come here i have to do it by myself yeah so that's that's the key difference in the character that's why he doesn't feel like this wong fei hung yep that's very very good point um yeah from from what I can remember, as I said, we forgot the title of this of uh, Rise of the Legend. <laughs> it, it, it's not sticking with it. It was an entertaining movie in a way, but it it, it lacked, um, I guess, some substance. But the the one character that sticks out for me was the um, I don't know what you'd call her. I guess the prostitute to be crude. Um, yeah, the, the the courtesan. I guess. Yes, uh, her character is what sticks out to me most from that film as the one with the most backstory and most interest. Um, as it was such a tragic story and had such a tragic ending. Yeah, and um, it would have been better if that, it wasn't just out of left field. You're like, oh, she's the 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 young childhood friend. Okay, thanks yeah. for telling me yeah. at the last like two seconds because basically, if they hadn't done that, there wouldn't have been uh, much arc at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough of that film. That's in the, we already yeah. did that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, a very good kung fu film. As I say, all said and done, this is a good film because the um, as a kung fu, like the kung fu is fantastic, and we've been missing that in a few of the recent ones we've covered. Yeah, and the and the characters were good, so that uh, it's a double dose, you know, good good action and enjoyable characters. Um, on, I think both sides mm. of the, the board. The good guys were good. The bad guys are bad. You know, that, uh, that's always fun. And there's a lot of gray in between, you know, some, just people crossing over, which is a little bit more realistic. You know, nobody has just a, yes. um, a horrible motivation. They're doing something because they think it's like the right thing to do. And this did a good job in explaining, or I guess showing that, you know, everyone's point of view differed, um, even though, 
they them sorry no probably it's not what I want to say um their motivations for what they were doing was clear and yep. that's what helped a lot you know there's a bunch of different plot threads going on but you understood why everyone was doing what they were doing you know no one was just Agreed. like making up stuff and then at the end oh actually I was secretly doing it because of this well why didn't you tell them or at least tell the audience that <laughs> you don't gotta tell the other characters yeah well as I say like we've covered it a little bit but Fun uh, Fun he he fight he's fighting regularly against Jet, um, Jet Li and the militia but he's actually on their side in yeah. the grand scheme well, of things. It was like a, you know, a comedy of errors. It was mistaken um, identity, sort of, in a, in a few, in a few uh, instances. Yes, yes, there was a little bit of that, yeah. But yeah. So, what's what's your rating for this film? Uh, well, I'd say I'd probably give it an 82. Um, however, again, I think this is one that suffers a little bit from nostalgia, where I would have rated this higher. Um, when I had first seen it. Okay. Well, I used to still a very good score. I was thinking around eight, yeah, 80. I tend to do round numbers. You get more very, very precise. I have to try and work out what your scoring system is at some point. Yeah. I probably have to work out what it is too. I just, I feel when it <laughs> appears. Um, it feels good. I think yeah, what happens is the the extra digits up or down is because of i think our discussion like i'll i'll have a, a sort of a round number in my head and then it it'll kind of vary a little bit um, depending on sort of what we get out of the discussion and it usually is you know some points up rather than down because we end up understanding a little bit more about maybe why we dislike or like um certain parts of the film yeah um, from yeah, talking about it because otherwise, you know, it's just in my head, I'm like, Oh, I didn't like something, but it's like, why? Uh, and then yeah, why know, didn't we get a little like bit it? more into it and um, actually discover maybe exactly why I didn't like something or exactly why something worked really well. Yeah. I find so, sometimes I discover and discuss why I didn't like something can turn me around on, on how it's effect on the actual film as a whole, because yeah, you understand it yeah. more, even if you didn't like it at the time. Because it's just a gut reaction, but if you understand it from discussing, I guess the environment around the film, uh, it helps. Yeah, I think this is a good film. I think it's definitely an eight or so. Um, it again back when it first came out, this gut movie would have been fantastic. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I remember seeing this in high school. And I really liked it. Um, yeah, but that was that was many moons ago. Um, <laughs> Only a few. Yeah, only a few. Only like 20. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <sighs> Time flies. It does. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like this is from 1991. Uh, as far as like... No, no. It, it looks like it is, but um, that that's a lot farther. Just listening to like the... When you said the date of the reviews, I was like, oh, that's more than 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, yeah, this movie is 27 years old. Yeah. Heck. This movie's almost as old growing as up, Chris. <laughs> 30 years. Yeah. Well, I guess this wraps us up. It's been a good old chat, as usual. 
Uh, yeah. Do we have anything from listeners about this film? I know we have a few people interested in this film, but yeah, nothing directly. Uh, I think that the larger my... overarching question is, you know, what is our favorite uh, version of Wong Fei Hung? And uh, again, I think to to be better um, equipped to answer that, we're going to have to look at a few more Wong Fei Hung films. <laughs> We've covered a few, yeah, yeah, agreed. But this would be top up there, up there now. Yeah. Which ones have we covered? Just to be sure, just we to make sure. We've covered the two, as far as I know. Oh, yeah, okay, 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 good, good. Um, this is definitely the winner so far. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in watching part two. Um, I don't even think I've seen the. Uh, well, I had to have watched the third one. I probably just don't remember what was going on. Uh, yeah. I remember some of the fight scenes from number two, so um, I'm looking forward to, to going back to that one. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm in the mood, maybe, uh, f- to revisit Legend of the Drunken Master. Ooh, okay. So maybe we'll take a look at some more Jackie Chan uh, coming up. Because we just did Drunken Master, didn't we? And then there's the... We did. Um, yeah, yeah. Legend of the Drunken Master is the 19th. I think it was maybe 1991. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more recent than the original. Yeah, no, that is a good film. I'm betting it's going to seem a lot like this. Yeah, yeah, it probably will. Um, Cool. That lines us up. But next episode, we have to do a Jet League because it's his birthday. Yeah, but. Yeah, we'll probably just watch (laughs) Time and Channel 2. Or no, maybe we can (laughs) track down Twin Warriors. I heard, I remember that being such a good film. So yeah. if we could track that down, we'll line that up then. Yep. Well, we'll see how it goes. Cool. We'll let you out. Well, I guess you'll find out before the episode. You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, yep. I think that wraps us up for this one. So Vader, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at vadervanoden.com and it came up recently and just so people, if people are curious Vader Van Odin just literally means father of Odin if anyone is curious and doesn't know and yeah and we I do YouTube video gaming videos with my son oh yes so and the new the new uh, YouTube segment um, uh, I know I forgot what it's called it, let's Talk, not play. Yeah, let's chat, not play is yeah. what Odin came up with. I think it's cute. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, basically, we're just trying to, rather than just playing games all the time, we're talking about games. So it's like a mini video cast. We may get an audio only version of it up at some point. Um, but at this no, stage, it's that just. Won't yeah, work. You can't see his funny faces. <laughs> he is pretty funny. And I'm getting more reactions from him when I just talk to him because he gets so caught up in gaming when we do video gaming videos. Oh, that yeah. I'll lose some of his on the screen. Yeah, and so I've, it's been actually I've, I really actually enjoys uh just taking time to discuss games with him because obviously we talk about stuff like this but just really sit down and talk. I'm getting a lot out of it. Uh and learning more about him as his father, which is which I think is really cool. Uh, turnaround benefit from making this a focus. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, I think it, it works really well. And um, just based on, I think, what are you guys on episode? Because next would be number three. You've done two of them at least. Yep. Three. Uh, two's, two's, uh, third one just went out last late last night. 
Oh, did it? Okay, well, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to give it a look yeah. because uh, the there was a difference between one and two, so I'm excited to see um, how things may have updated for number three. Uh, I think it's more of getting used to the <laughs> format you guys are doing um, and him being more comfortable. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, it's, and it's number number different, uh, mm-hmm. when he's actually the focus of something versus what you guys are playing. Yes, um, and episode three we kept quite short because we were kind of just playing the same game, so it's only fifteen minutes long. But it's a really fun chat, and yeah, has a, a more funny expressions from Odin. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll be one of your viewers, so <laughs> yes. But yeah, I would try to do it so people can can just listen to it. Uh, so they mm-hmm. can have it on while they're, while they're doing something else. So that is that is sort of the plan. But we do it is still filmed of us talking, and that we do little little pop ups on the screen or whatnot. Yeah. And, and Dave, how many podcasts have you got now? Uh, well, I just have the two. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm here, and then I'm on uh, Monster Deer Monster. There were tertiary plans for um, another one, but. Uh, Back I think everyone's just, a little, everyone's just a little, well i guess there was a horror one um that because everyone was busy and then one that i had had in the works um just it's just there's no time there's no time to do it uh unfortunately but you know be that as it may um that leaves me the time i need to <laughs> focus on the two podcasts i you know do uh, currently enjoy and um you know need to have time to put into uh so yeah um on itunes you can find me at monster dear monster uh and then directly if you want to contact me or yeah have a have a chat or something um on twitter is my haunt of choice i guess um sentinot underscore plus uh will be the name and i'll as as i say elsewhere i'll put it in the notes because i pick things that it's hard to spell I was just going to say the plus in your name is for A plus follow. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, yeah. That, that's us. And uh, I think uh, this will be us signing off. And we'll check you next time for something. Uh, dang it. Something <laughs> else? Something new? Something kung fu? Something it's close enough. <laughs> yep. It works. It works. <laughs> All right. right. Bye from me. Bye-bye, y'all.